she scores! Take a moment to look up at the ceiling. You're about to bust through it. SDPN and PWHPA present Hockey, like you've never heard it before. The Noxie and Cax Show with Liz Knox and Carol Emard. <laughs> Let's get it. Go. Welcome back to the Noxie and Cax Show. We are your hosts, Liz Knox and Carol Emard. This episode, of course, brought to you by SDPN and the PWHPA. We are lucky to introduce you. I'd like to call her, honestly, the heartbeat of the PWHPA. Yep. She won U18 gold with Team Canada graduated from Boston University, played for Boston in CWHL, represented the Boston region with the PWHPA, and is currently the marketing and events consultant for the PWHPA from Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia, Alexis Miller. Welcome. I wish I had a dog barking in the background like Jamie did. That would have been so much cooler. <laughs> we need not there today. Yeah, we, we had to make sure that our dogs were out of the scene so that they weren't making too much noise. And I, I'm seeing that your house is a little quiet right now. Where, where are your boys? Yeah, I had originally planned because Matt has an off day today. So uh, Carson and Reese are actually in the car with Matt driving around right now. So I didn't have uh, lots of screaming and crying and uh, asking mama, mama, mama in the background. And uh, originally they were supposed to go for a walk, but it's snowing outside. So Matt's just driving around in the car with them. <laughs> That's amazing. Matt, of course, is your husband and your boys. Give us the background. What are their names? How old are they? Uh, Carson will be two on St. Patrick's Day. So coming up, I can't believe he's almost two. Uh, and then Reese is two months old. Um, and Matt is my knight in shining armor, college <laughs> basketball coach, and uh, is my saving grace today so that I could be here with you guys. Well, we appreciate you, Matt. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you, Matt, for doing that. And we appreciate you <laughs> yeah. taking the time to be with us this morning. Actually. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so let's bring it back to where it all started. Cole Har- Harbor, Nova Scotia. This is like the place in Canada that just produces star hockey players Absolutely. and no exception here with us today. So the first question you probably get asked when people hear that you're from Cole Harbor is, do you know Sidney Crosby? That is a very frequent question. And the answer (laughs) is yes. Um, (laughs) So Sid actually grew up, um, obviously is a a fair bit older than I am, but he played with my dad um, as an underager when he was playing uh, midget and uh, got to sort of follow him around the rink in his very early stages. And you'll see like a lot of those uh, interviews and footage of him when he still had like his big teeth and like hadn't really grown into his face yet. And um, that's all from when he was actually playing for my dad. So I got to watch him uh, very frequently. And then obviously I I also uh, grew up with McKinnon. He and I are only a year apart. So we actually played on the same team together every other year for a long time. And I think we have a, picture that you sent in so if you're watching this on youtube you can see this picture and cross you like power mckinnon <laughs> yeah i've been five eight since uh seventh grade so Jeez. uh I've, I haven't grown since then, but Nate has definitely grown since then, considering at that age when we were uh, playing Bantam, he was actually well below my shoulders. Um, so yeah, there's a significant height difference there. Yeah. Jeez. Five eight. It's, I wish I was like five seven or five eight. Jesus, like <laughs> high school. Like, man, I'm jealous. So then, so then, okay. So we go from uh, Co Arbor. You played with McKinnon and everyone, I guess, uh, during that time. Now you decide to leave your hometown, right, to go to prep school. So you're going to Shattuck, St. Mary's. Yeah. Um, 
did you visit any other prep or this was the one that you wanted to go to and you know you're 12 and you're on a on, on a visit tell us all about this thing and why you chose St. Mary's yeah so I um I only visited two schools when I was deciding to go away um first was Appleby College and then um the other was Shattuck and I actually have two fun stories about both of my uh Please experiences go. touring. Um, so first when I went to Appleby, ironically, Shattuck was playing at Appleby the weekend that I was touring. Um, and I sort of planned that, I guess, to get a vibe of like <laughs> them versus Shattuck, et cetera. Um, and I don't know how the rules worked once upon a time, but for some reason I was dressed in the game. I got to play with Appleby what? against Shattuck in an exhibition. I, I I have no idea how this happened, um, but Shattuck actually ended up beating Appleby and myself at the time, 9-1. Okay. And so right then and there, I was kind of like, maybe I should go to Shattuck. <laughs> so I went in towards Shattuck, but little did I know that my gear wasn't going to show up when I got there. Um, so here I am at 12 years old on the ice with Amanda Kessel, Brianna Decker, Monique and Jocelyn Lamoureux. Wow. Um, And they're, I think like three or four years older than I am and my gear doesn't show up. So I'm borrowing hockey gear from one of the players who's injured and not dressed. And the coach just happened to have brand new skates that were in my size, but little did I know that they weren't even sharpened yet. So I'm on the ice with these like superstars that I idolize that I can't even skate. Like literally I'm falling all over the place. I'm so embarrassed. Like yeah, sick. Where do we find this recruit? <laughs> yeah, it was a nightmare. And somehow they still let me in. Thank goodness. But like, Oh my gosh, that is something I never want to relive again. Like probably the most embarrassing moment of my entire life. That's hilarious. You're you, you just uh, alluded to those girls, but uh, Shattuck, for those of you that don't necessarily know where it is, it's in Minnesota and it is a, Um, I'd say like everyone that pretty much went to the U.S. or ended up on the U.S. national team uh, has gone through Shattuck. Their program is fabulous. And they actually make really, really, really amazing players. So it doesn't surprise me that they took you in actually, Cross. And <laughs> you you were there for the whole time, four years? or Yeah, so I was there grade nine through 12. Um, wow. And funny enough, that was actually where I learned to take a slap shot uh, on my visit <laughs> Monique and Jocelyn were so kind enough the to lambs. take under their wing and teach me how to do that as a 12-year-old. You think I would have uh, been very eager to take Slapjot as a defenseman. That was massive at the time. But um, for some reason, I never honed in on that skill, and they taught that to me. And I actually texted uh, Jocelyn last year um, after she had retired, and I just shared that memory with her because we had never really talked about it before. Um, and I told her that, and I was like, I don't know if this is weird to tell you, but you taught me how to take a slap shot, and that's really cool. So that was, uh, that was my retirement. Uh, congratulations and a thank you. <laughs> no kidding. And <laughs> you, you kind of mentioned it before, lots of big names at Ashadak. Um, You kind of said a little earlier before we were recording here that there was maybe some stuff that happened between Decker and Drew Burns. And I mean, we all played against Drew Burns. She's a great gal, but she's feisty on the ice. So why don't you tell so us that story? Oh my goodness. Well, so as a freshman in high school at a very pre prestigious prep school, I sort of just sit there stare at people, listen, whatever. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry for sharing this, Decker, Andrew, but uh, yeah, there, there was a, a handful of uh, fist fights or complications or, or things that you just don't necessarily hear about or see beyond the scenes. And they were uh, pretty young at the time. And I literally could not tell you what it was about, but uh, yeah, it, it got a little messy. 
you know what? that's team culture. Like you, you go to battle together. Sometimes you're battling each other, but at the end of the day, you have respect for each other on the ice. And I mean, that's what probably what made them both great hockey players, right? They're highly competitive. So we well, love to hear that. And you spend all day, yeah. every day with the same people. Like you literally, you live with them, you eat with them, like you practice with them, you play with them. You're uh-huh. on seven to 12 hour bus trips weekly. Like uh-huh. it, yeah. It's you really learn, you really learn how to get on each other's nerves. I will say that like, <laughs> so, and that you had the unique experience, obviously of going through prep school. So you've had that culture now. So you kind of know what to expect. And then you went to university, which is very similar. You're mm-hmm. around these girls 24 seven. So you started at UNH yep. in 2012. To tw- so you did two years there yep. and then you transferred to BU to Boston university. So tell us about that decision and, and kind of how that played out for you. Yeah. So originally, um, when I was deciding on like university, it actually came down to UNH and BU. Um, and ultimately I chose UNH because to be honest, it was probably selfish. Like I wanted to go and show up and play right away. Like I I wanted to be on the power play. I wanted to be on the penalty kill. I wanted to start games every time. And I felt like UNH gave me that opportunity over going to BU and, uh, it did, which was Awesome. Loved my time at UNH. Uh, but after our coach was fired after my sophomore year, I didn't feel like it was handled um, the best. And, and honestly, I was there to play for him. Uh, and when he wasn't there anymore, I felt like I needed to explore my options. So uh, once I decided to, to transfer, um, naturally, BU was one of the first schools that popped into my mind. Uh, And the reason for that is actually after I committed to UNH when I was a junior in high school, um, I got a handwritten card in the mail from Brian DeRocher, head coach at Boston University, uh, congratulating me on my commitment. Um, He was disappointed that I wasn't going to be you, but he was looking forward to uh, watching me grow as a player in person in Hockey East. Uh, Uh, Who who does that? I actually don't have the letter. Yeah. He is one of a kind human. BD is, uh, I love it. Keep going. So you, so you're getting this, this letter, whatever you're going through. And then did you just pick up the phone and, and call him up or how did that go? It's like, obviously there's a time span between the two, right? And were yeah. you still connected with him? Yeah. So um, obviously I was connected a little bit where I would see him at the rink when we were playing against BU because playing the same conference. Right. Um, but I sort of just shot out an email blindly and was like, Hey, can I come to be you? <laughs> He's like, Oh, let's, like let, let's chat, like get on the phone. Um, and I mean, the transfer process is like so many people do it, which is awesome. And I love that it's available, but it is not for the faint of heart. Like not only are you dealing with uh, feeling like you're uh, disappointing your current teammates and you have all this guilt for like leaving that family that you established already um, combined with trying to figure out if there's a school that even has space left in the spring for the following year, because most scholarships are gone by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like once you transfer, trying to like find your way into this family, that's already established being a part of a class that's been together for two plus right. years already. Like, man, it was hard, but it was also like, probably one of the best things I, I ever did. Um, and in that first year, I was really lucky to play with somebody like Marie-Philippe Poulain and, and getting to play with Who's that? Uh, yeah. I've never, yeah. never heard of oh, her. Oh, well, let me tell you about her. <laughs> now, she is quite the goal scorer. For those of you who might not know who she is, 
just kidding. Everyone knows who she is. At least yeah. I freaking hope so. If not, you probably don't watch what I'm talking Well, it's, it's incredible too, because I was, you know, kind of doing, I know, I know Cross like through the PA and I, I never, you know, we didn't really overlap. Our ages are a little bit different. Um, so I was doing a little bit of background and I found this quote that um, Brian DeRocher said about you in that redshirt season. And he said, she came in here very bi- vibrant, very energetic, very engaging. Whoa, reading is hard. Um, <laughs> she went and helped in sports information, did stats for the team, took her mind off just sitting in the locker room. She got herself into what may be the best shape of her life. Alexis turned what could have been a slight negative into three or four positives. So I think it's really interesting that you, you know, this connection that you had with this coach was formed before you had even gone to UNH. And it was something that was genuine and authentic and felt real because you were able to come back to it. And obviously, you know, the respect is mutual. He speaks very highly of you. And you went on to co-captain at BU. Yeah, I did. My, my senior year, I was um, co-captain with Natalie Flynn, who's actually now rostered on the uh, Boston region of the PWHPA, which nice. is so awesome um, just to, to stay connected with my former teammates in uh, in the PWHPA and my role there. Um, but I, I was really lucky that my teammates trusted me and, and my teammates elected me to, to be one of their leaders. And um, what a great experience to, to be in that leadership role and to grow that relationship with my coaches, but also my teammates in a different light. Okay. And I do have one more question. Okay. <laughs> you were awarded the woman of the year. Like yeah. <laughs> just, you are the best woman of the entire <laughs> 365 days at BU. T- tell us what that award represents and why, you know, I'm sure you were so honored to receive it. Um, the woman of the year award obviously is, is given out annually, um, to usually a a senior, uh, at BU. And, um, I think a lot of it just came from being involved in so many things. I have a tendency to wear a lot of hats when I do things. No way. way. (laughs) This is one of those things that I find myself doing. So, um, I was in our student athletic advisory committee on the board. Um, I worked for athletics communications department, um, calling games for men's hockey, men's and women's basketball, et cetera. Um, did stats for other sports. And then I actually also worked at our office of disability services, um, essentially working with all the students on campus that had disabilities to sort of uh, help them um, make their academic studies as easy as possible with said disability. So uh, I think like (laughs) superhero, like honestly, while getting your degrees and your master's just yeah, like a lot of it, do it all. It just is is one of those things where I, I I just had my hands in so many different things, and um, it was an honor to be recognized for uh, really just working hard to to do my best to make things um, the best for everyone on campus. And this is why she's the best with us at the PA right now. It's guys. true. Like, <laughs> I mean, you. that's why BD remembered you and did absolutely come over. You're coming to BD. <laughs> we are doing this. It makes sense. Um, okay. I want to, I want to switch gear then to after BU. Okay. So you, you graduate co-captain, all of this. Um, you played for the Boston Blades, right? The CW. I did. Yeah. So right after I graduated, I actually took a year off. Um, yeah. Matt was uh, a graduate assistant coach with the University of Arizona men's basketball team living in Tucson, Arizona. So like naturally, I'm going to go sit in the sunshine for a year. Hell yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why not? Graduated from college. I 
biked across America in a bike race. And then I moved oh, to Arizona. Wait, I'm oh. learning right now. And everyone yeah, else rewind. is learning. What? Just casually. We're like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just bike across the States. Yeah. My dad does a lot of like wild bike races and like a lot of like Ironman triathlons. Like my dad's sort of like a, I don't know, a weirdo, a crazy well, person when it comes to like <laughs> athletics and, and fitness. Uh, so I decided that year that I was going to race in this bike race called, uh, the trans am bike race. And it goes from Oregon to Virginia and it's fully self-supported. So like you carry everything on your bicycle you sleep under the stars, you sleep on the side of the road, wherever. Um, and because I was doing that with my dad, we turned it into a fundraiser. So we, um, raised, of course, of course you did. <laughs> of course <laughs> we raised $31,000 for, um, the IWK children's hospital, uh, wow. in Halifax. Um, That's and amazing. it was designated to, um, start a, uh, obesity prevention program for children. Um, so that was sort of like my cap off of my college years. Like instead of throwing a party, I decided to bike 4,000 okay, plus I had, miles across I had the US. <laughs> One friend that did it for fun like across Canada for fun. Like she took her time. How long was that race? And you were racing. So how, yeah, like we raced. Um, it took us a little over 35 days. My God. Uh, like <laughs> melded yeah. in three months. You could not pay me to do that. It was, it was a lot, <laughs> but it was, like, it was one of those things where like we had raised so much money for it. It was like, once I started, I could not stop. Like there was just mm -hmm. so much riding on it. Um, and I think my, my ass like still hurts from it. <laughs> like, that was like four, almost five years ago. And I think I'm still bruised. Like, <laughs> like honestly, wow. that is incredible. Like these are the kind of people that I want our listeners to get to know because it's not just about hockey. Like that's just, you're reaching out any kind of space that you can touch. You're making it better. And I think like, I, I mean, I'm going to pump your tires this entire time. Like I'm, I'm learning new things about you all the time, but that's, that is incredible. So you bike across the country to raise money for yep. a children's hospital. Like it's not a big deal. It's fine guys. I do that all the I'm time. I'm impressed. I'm loving this right now. <laughs> and then you decide to come back to hockey because now you are in the best shape. I'm sure of your life. And you go to the Boston Blades and the Boston Blades at this time, let's, let's call a spade a spade, a little bit of a struggling organization, but that is, that is nice. That is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us about, you know, the team culture, because I know as well as anybody else that sometimes a losing team can be the team that bonds the most. So tell us about your time with the Blades. Yeah. So, I mean, as most people know, we were not very good at that time. Um, we were lucky to score a goal. Actually, to be honest, we, we were lucky. Them anyways. We we were lucky to have possession of the puck. Oh come so, on, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like no, it felt that bad. Trust me, it felt that bad. Especially after coming off a year of not playing hockey, like really getting back into it and just being absolutely dominated by the best players in the world. That was that was a lot of fun. But I will say, beyond the ice and beyond losing, like at that point for some reason, like it, it didn't even matter. Like my teammates were my best friends. I wanted to hang out with them all the time. And like, it was that camaraderie that you had in college, but that you actually like get to have in the real world that a lot of people don't necessarily get like at their day jobs or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and we'd travel on the weekend. We had very questionable experiences, whether it be travel, like locker room, whatever. Um, and we spent a lot of time drinking together, which I think definitely <laughs> helped uh, like build that, that team bonding. Um, you gotta have fun. You, yeah. Like you have to find a way to have fun and it's hard when you're losing games, right? Yeah. That's why we loved flying Porter anytime we played in Canada. Cause it free, was like free, free, free beer. Free, free <laughs> wine. So we were like, yes, this is perfect. <laughs> it's exactly what we needed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And, and this is what's fun. Like I, I want our listeners to get to actually somewhat understand why, why we keep playing hockey. We love the game. Don't get me wrong or anything, but the locker room and the bus trips and the hotel, like that's what we don't want to leave basically. To no, actually it, have I to. swear it gets better with age. Like the older yeah, you yes. get, the more fun it is. And like, I remember um, actually what is now my last game in the CWHL, because little did I know we weren't going to have another season, um, but we were in, in Toronto And we got off the ice to find out our flight home was canceled. And this is like on a Sunday night, all of us have to get back for work. I already took half the day Friday off pretending I was sick. Like I <laughs> seriously, and I'm like, oh my God, I need to be at work on Monday morning, but there was no flights out that night, no flights until the next day. So we all just rented cars at the airport and drove home in a snowstorm. Like we essentially just like raced each other home in a snowstorm. And then I get back at like three o'clock in the morning to my car buried under like two or three feet of snow. So I'm sitting there shoveling three in the morning just to drive an hour home to get dressed, to go to work. Like people do not understand, yeah. like, unless yeah. you lived it, you do not understand the reality of professional women's hockey yeah. in its previous slash semi-current state like really it is yeah we are on the road to better and better but it it was, it was a struggle still, for a while. it was still yeah. a struggle yeah it's, it's wild that this is like like two years ago three years yeah. ago this oh, yeah. is the reality that we're living like this Very is not recent. yeah this exactly. is not like 20 years ago oh yeah i remember yeah. when we our flights got canceled we had to drive across the country you know no nah, it's this was like our reality how to get um, to work right yeah well, to get to work exactly and now you've had one hour of sleep if you're lucky to close your eyes yeah. and you're showing up and your boss is like well somebody was on a bender all weekend and you're like no actually i just <laughs> drove here from toronto and please like hockey talk to games <laughs> like been in a car for a while shoveled a bunch of snow this morning like mm -hmm. oh it's, yeah. it's totally normal it's fine i'll get through this day it's fine and of course because you can't just be a player you also joined the cwhl players association you are our co-chair my co-chair at the time where we and became besties. Yeah. It was honestly, it was it. wild. I cannot remember who said you need Crosley on the board. Like somebody, like one of the players that was representing one of the Sonia. regions could have been, Jill it could have been. Yeah. Cause we had at the time in the CWHL, we had one national team member and one non-national team member as our player representatives. Yeah. And I was like, I need a co-chair. Like somebody needs to step up. And I don't like, I, I'm not good at asking people to do things. And Cross sends me an email like right away. It was like, Hey, I'll do it. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, sweet I first of all and i loved it that was like yeah if, anyone, like, if yeah. anyone has listened to this episode they're gonna be like oh of course she did that like that's, <laughs> of that's course you did i'm like yeah pick me pick me biting off a lot more than i can chew typically <laughs> but it it was a it was a great friendship right from the get-go and you're right we did become best friends like texting every day all day sometimes about hockey sometimes not so we carry on the cwhl folds as you said now we formed the pwhpa 
instantly I'm like, I need Crosley with me if, if I'm going to do this at all, because she's like my safe space of like sounding board <laughs> and everything. So you kind of take a, a little bit of a different role with the PWHPA and you put some of your marketing expertise to you. So why don't you tell our listeners first what your role is like with the PA? Yep. So it is <laughs> <laughs> and everything. I don't, I literally don't even know where to start because, um, a lot of people probably don't realize, but there's not a ton of us, um, outside of the players that, uh, put things together behind the scenes. Yeah. There's, there's five of us that, um, work together to, to make these showcases happen and, um, to really bring things together. But, uh, I was running the CWHL PA, uh, social media accounts and, uh, when we formed the PWHP, I was like, oh my gosh, we have followers. Like, I'm not going to put this to waste. So changed the names um, and spent countless hours, for those of you who don't know, uh, deleting every single tweet, post, like, et cetera, from the CWHLPA account over the course of like three years so that I just had a clean slate for the PWHPA, but I didn't have to lose followers. So spent a lot of time doing that. Dedication. Dedication right here. <laughs> Um, and somehow I still find my thumbs behind the PWHPA social media accounts. Uh, and so I do that. Um, I, uh, build out our graphics and all of our fun stuff that we get to post. Um, and I'm really lucky that I have, uh, a woman named Maria who helps me out, um, on the, the social ends. Uh, she is a rock star. Um, so I'm really fortunate to have those, those couple people um, to work with on a daily basis. And to be honest, like I'm convinced that I spend more time um, in meetings and talking to those like four or five people uh, than I do at my regular day job, which is so much fun because honestly, we love it. Like that's the thing is like everyone is just so passionate about growing women's hockey and like really creating this true, viable, sustainable professional league for women's hockey. Um, so we all have our hands in in everything um, on phone calls, on Zoom calls with uh, our hosts, um, usually uh, like NHL staff, um, just sort of going through travel logistics, meal logistics, hotel logistics, uh, rink logistics, uh, literally just everything operationally and um, everything that you could think of that goes into making <laughs> showcases happen. So you pretty much, all just you pretty collaborate much on it. and make it yeah. happen. Yeah. Between Ashley, Jana, Maria, yourself, and Chelsea, I had to shout them out how to get their names out there because they, you guys really do. You're overworked, probably underappreciated, certainly not by present company, but it's, it's hard to actually imagine the amount of work that you guys do behind the scenes. So we do appreciate you. And of course, I'm super thankful for you for being the thumbs because social media to me, like, it's like I deleted Twitter for like three years because I'm just like, this is a mean place. People are like really rude and it hurts my feelings because I'm a little soft. Okay. <laughs> so like when we started this whole thing, I was like, Cross, you take media because I just, I can't deal sometimes. So <laughs> I got to ask you what it's like being on the other side. Like there's a, there's a human being behind these Twitter accounts. Okay. When you, when you start to write your feelings down and cuss somebody out or tell them to make you a sandwich, remember there's a very nice young lady behind these thumbs. So why don't you, Tell us like some stories about being the thumbs of the, of the PWHPA. Some, some days are better than others. I will say like when there's like news that goes out, that's like bad, or there's something that's controversial and everyone's like tagging the PWHPA account, just like shitting on us for whatever, whatever <laughs> it is. Like it could literally be a Jersey color. Right. For, like, and, 
And I take things so personally, like there's something <laughs> where I literally have to like put my phone on do, do not disturb and like walk away for a minute because I'm like, why would they say that to me? But I forget <laughs> that it's like, they're really just saying it in general at the right. PWHPA, but like, oh man, it is social media is tough on your mental health sometimes I, I will say, but oh thankfully I, I do have those couple people that are like my lifeline. And we just kind of talk literally all day, every day in a group chat about the most random things. Like, I mean, I, I can't even begin to tell you the amount of middle-aged men that send us <laughs> DMs telling us our exact solution to professional women's hockey. And it's, it's so easy. Every time it's like, Oh, add body checking. Oh, uh, right. Get rid of your full face masks. Um, oh, bitch! We don't have dental care. The NHL. Solve problem. Up solved. until like, we get dental, like yeah. up until we uh, let's let's clear this out. Okay, yeah. Up we up until we get paid enough to not worry about getting a car into whatever rental at the airport to drive ourselves on the Monday to get to work, and up until we actually get covered fully, injuries, anything and everything, then maybe I'll think about the facial like half shields and stuff. Yeah, like and until then, I want to keep these things. Like the NHL is like, is okay, not- you get a stick or a puck in the face, you go into your little locker room, you have two doctors there, they stitch you up, they put <laughs> numbing cream on, you get back out. Yeah. Oh, this guy's a nail gun. Okay. You know what's going to happen to a women's hockey player? She's going to play the rest of the game bleeding out of her freaking face. Like, <laughs> yeah, she will. We don't have doctors on scene. We don't have anybody there. So it, either she plays or she has to go to the hospital and sit in the ER waiting room for four hours till she gets seen like everybody else because she's not held to a higher standard like the, our male counterparts. I'm going off on a rant here. I'm getting a little <laughs> heated. But this is why. Like, no, we're not going to wear half face masks. I'm going to be running to Walmart down the road, going to get super glue just to pop. I was just going to say mid game, like literally. Yeah. Yeah, We're going to have cross just running the the things. And (laughs) this is why too, if you do the whole crap around, this is why she's in charge of social media and we are not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably respond to these stupid Listen, tweets. Bill, five, like, six, no eight, one, nine, two, yeah. four. <laughs> You're hiding behind that stupid Coming screen of yours you. and I have nothing <laughs> to say to you. Like, get out and do something with your life. Oh, but this is why we have the right people in the right areas doing the right things for us. Yes. Um, and Cross, like I... Yeah, I know you're running social media, but I know you're pretty much running any events. <laughs> the ones in the US that I've participated in, you were running around getting things done or whatever literally running them (laughs) like the whole thing and at the end of the day you're on the ice like asking color commentated whatever you're doing it all now talk to me about the event at madison square garden and billy jinking and how that whole event felt because from i was in there right we're in here we're in canada watching it and hearing her voice hearing her words and just you got to be beside her organizing this thing too like, how was it just, it's, it's one of those things that's like sort of a once in a lifetime memory. Right. And like, it's so cool, even in my role right now where I'm not on the ice, I'm, I'm not actually playing. Like I still get to be a part of those iconic moments and they literally don't change whether I'm a player or whether I'm behind the scenes. And that's something that I love about still being a part of the PWHPA, just sort of in a different facet. Um, but the whole Madison square garden experience was incredible. Like the, the professional atmosphere that the New York Rangers provided for us was top notch walking into Madison square garden, seeing our logos and my graphics and all those like up on, on the jumbotron in Madison square garden, feeling like 
It was just so cool. And then to top it off, we've got Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss there in person. I got to go give them a t-shirt, which was really cool. Got to go hang out with them in person. But then listening to Billie Jean King give that initial address that most of you have probably heard. um, Well, it's in our intro. I was going to say, it is literally the intro to the podcast. Um, And just like hearing her passion and commitment for what we're doing and knowing that somebody like Billie Jean King is behind it, and just cheering us on to, to push this forward. Like it's, it's goosebump worthy, right? Like it, it's every time. Really, yeah. It, it's just like thinking about it. It's one of those things that like, I can't wait to tell my kids about, I can't wait to tell my grandchildren about someday. Like it is the coolest thing. My mother-in-law who knows nothing about hockey saw a picture of me with Billie Jean King. And her first thing was like, Oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. Right. And then she wanted to know more. Like, it's just one of those things that like, she automatically like gives us so much, like, I don't know, passion and fire and, and all of that. And to play in Madison square garden with her there um, in partnership with the New York Rangers, like all of that was just the tip of the iceberg for everything that we built that last season with all of our different NHL partnerships. Meanwhile, we also were doing this mid pandemic. So yep. the fact that we were able to, to do all of these things and get players on the ice in these iconic venues with partnerships from big time NHL programs, like, man, it, it is so cool. And I don't think people like give it enough credit for how awesome it really is. Well, and just the fact that like, it, it's like I said before, it's hard for people, even myself to understand how much of a role you played in that, but you've been like on these emails when you see secret deodorant come to us or Budweiser or Adidas, like th- this is not like some charity, like, Hey, here's some chump change. So you guys can survive a season. Like these are people that are invested in the idea of what we're creating with the PWHPA. And like you said, having Billie Jean King there is just like, she's such a mogul. She's such an like icon to all of us. And it's like, she's standing up there saying, Hey, like you're going to bust through this, like incredibly iconic ceiling at MSG is like, it, it, when, literally when I listen to our podcast intro, like I get hyped and like the, Hey, yeah. Hey, also yeah, seriously so, though. <laughs> it, but it's, it's part of who we are. Right. So yeah. we, we kind of nodded, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. We've got to wrap up, but we nodded Crosby and McKinnon obviously two great hockey, average hockey players, I'd say out of Cole Harbor, but (laughs) you also played with Jill Saunier and Blair Turnbull, who are our East coasters on the U S I mean, on the Canadian national team. What? (laughs) We're all Canadian. Come on. Why are we doing morning podcasts? I love it. Let's go. (laughs) So why don't you tell us a little bit about Saunier and Turnbull? Yeah. So I grew up playing um, boys hockey naturally because in Nova Scotia, girls hockey didn't really exist unless it was spring hockey. Um, So I actually played against uh, Jill's younger brother, Brennan, most of the time because Jill's two years older than me. So we kind of missed each other most of the time. And then Blair, uh, her and her brother are a year apart. So I played uh, against both of them um, in my regular boys hockey. But the first time I ever got to play girls hockey was with the Nova Scotia Raiders. And it was like this like spring hockey team that brought girls from all over um, the province together just to play. Like that's how many, I think there were of us at the time. Like we could make one team from the entire province. And we went and played in tournaments. Um, And 
we just had so much fun. Like I'd never played girls hockey before. Like I remember being in Montreal uh, at, I don't even know the hotel, but the rooms had like these cool lofts in it with stairs. Um, and we did like a talent show. And so, yeah, yes, typical love like, it. young girls hockey. We did a talent show and um, I don't know if Blair was in this act, but I remember Jill coming down the stairs uh, singing the ants go marching one by one with her hair in a ponytail under her chin, like a, a weird little beard thing. I, I need to see if Jill has pictures of this and oh I will happily God. share on oh social God. media. But like... <laughs> <laughs> these are just things that like, okay, they have gone on to so many incredible things, literally playing in their second Olympics. But like, I sit there and look at them as like the little girl who like wore a little yeah. <laughs> with under their chin singing like silly childhood songs. And like, uh, just watching them go on to play in these games. I, it's so cool to think about like where they came from and coming from like a small town in Nova Scotia, where, I mean, really up until recently, most of those players haven't really had the chance to, to be in that spotlight because the game is just sort of growing more and more now every year. Um, but watching them be the role models for like all of those younger girls and, and showing that that's truly possible. And I'm so fortunate that I got to be a part of that in small way, like growing up. So it's, it's really cool to, to watch that success now and then really put Nova Scotia on the map. That's awesome. We're going to have to, uh, we're going to have Jill on this. Definitely. Oh, yeah. She's got stories left and right. And I know. Does she ever? Them. Oh my gosh. She would be the best person to put on, on the, the podcast. She's actually going to ask her. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, ask her about that. Please, yeah, for I guarantee sure. she has a picture of it. It is awesome. It's iconic. <laughs> Well, obviously, great personalities as well as great hockey players coming out of uh, the East Coast here in Canada. Absolutely. Um, Alexis from Corel and myself, SDPN, and obviously the very proud members of the PWHPA. We want to sincerely thank you, uh, not just yeah. for coming on the show, but for all the work that you're doing to improve our game and, and move it forward. Uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Of course, we look forward to seeing you at the upcoming showcases in Ottawa, February 26th and 27th, and Washington, March 3rd through 6th. Um, for the listeners at home, you can follow Alexis's work with the PWHPA on social media and at PWHPA.com. Thanks again so much for coming. Thanks for Thank having you. me, guys. So much fun. Thanks, Alexis. People, be nice on social media. Yeah, She's be nice. I'm the thumbs, I swear. It, I'm a real person. <laughs> I am real. <laughs> the Noxie and Cax Show on SDPN, produced in partnership with the PWHPA. Follow Noxie and Cax on Twitter at 27Noxie and at CareLMR. The views expressed are those of the individuals and are not necessarily those of the PWHPA. Check out SDPN.ca for more Noxie and Cax and the rest of the SDPN crew. She scores!